Hey there, it's Helen here and welcome to the podcast. I'm a sales and strategy coach and messaging maven with two decades as an entrepreneur and a huge passion for helping experienced coaches like you be seen by the world as the expert that you are. I'm here to help you uncover, define and clearly communicate all of your skills to then position you as a leader, raise your revenue potential and quickly 10x your sales all by sharing everything you need to know about clear messaging and gentle selling that I've used to help hundreds of business owners successfully grow online. And here's another thing, I truly, truly value building simplicity and freedom into your world while we create your success. So this is all about making sure you earn your worth, make an impact, but also create an incredible lifestyle around your work. I am so glad to have you here, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so delighted to be bringing this amazing guest to you all today. Ashton Smith joining me from the US. She is a kick-ass entrepreneur who has so much value to bring you. So hang on for the ride today. Welcome so much. Sorry, welcome Ashton. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. You're amazing as well. So I feel like this is going to be fun. It is. I'm sure it's going to be fun. We're having a great conversation and give tons to our, our audience. So just start by, can you just explain like who you are and, and what you do? Mm-hmm. So most people will know me as the founder of The Awakening, which is a business coaching and education platform. Um, we have been in existence since 2019, started with a membership, evolved into more coaching offerings and experiences. And really like my bread and butter is helping women design profitable and sustainable companies from the ground up. So whether you're starting, you're more established, we have things to cater at every single level. Um, so yeah, I am a business coach, run the awakening and it's just been so fun, like running this business, meeting people from all over, over the last five years. Yeah. Amazing. And I have so many questions on everything that you do. I love your Instagram. We met on social media quite a few months ago now, and I've been like stalking you obviously since then. I love what you do, but I would love to know more about your journey. I think don't always ask this on the podcast, but I'd love to know like your story of how you got to where you are, because I think it's so important to see that potential and people are fascinated by the journey from where you came from to where you are now, which is, you know, you are super successful business coach. So yeah, take it away. Yeah. And I love this question. I know um, I've answered this on a, a few podcasts before, but I love sharing the story pieces because I feel like I am also that way. Like I'm a little bit nosy. I love to know the backstory and the context. And so for me, like my journey started, I'll kind of throw it back when I was in college. I did go to college uh, for business specifically. It was very much so because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, that's a general degree. I will go for that. And it'll give me options. Smart move, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And um, so I always felt like that odd ball out in college because I was this mix of like a strategic thinker. Um, And I feel like I've always had entrepreneurship like woven into me. I'm a seventh generation entrepreneur. So um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, But I also have this part of me that's like really creative. And I felt like for that reason, I just felt like the oddball out in college. And I didn't really know how to mesh the two of those things together. And 
Um, so after graduating, I, um, I kind of just threw myself into something. I was like, I just, I need to do something. I need to start somewhere. So I started blogging at the time. Blogging was like huge. Um, and I just started as a lifestyle blogger. I was like, I will serve women everywhere in all professions. Like that was my like motto. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. So I started there. I started making a lot of connections through that blog. Um, but obviously I wanted to have something to offer. Like I wanted to run a true business. And so I actually introduced a print publication that I ran for quite a while. It was a magazine, um, non-retouched photography, really designed to feature women and their stories and their journeys. Um, that was a lot of fun. I got to travel and photograph women and share their stories. It was great, but it wasn't really like the profitable business that I, I wanted. And I knew that I wanted to be able to serve people through more of the strategic side of who I am. Cause I think that that's more of like 60% of who I am versus the creative um, is more of that 40%. And so I actually shut that publication down. I shifted into business coaching and that was in 2019. That's when we were founded, started with a membership that evolved over time. And then it was almost like every year after that, I slowly integrated new things, whether it was one-on-one -on -one, it was uh, our group. It was our in-person experience. And so it's been like years in the making to truly figure out like, what do I want to do to overcome hurdles? I have a billion failures and I don't mind sharing some of those if you want to go into that. Um, but lots of ups and downs, lots of discovery to like land on where we're at now, which I feel like is truly an entity that like leverages all of my skill sets and passions, provides a space for like our team to thrive in their skill sets. Um, but man, it's taken some time. <laughs> I love it. And I resonate a lot with that. I'm sure a lot of people will. I am absolutely the poster girl for the long-term thing as well, because I mean, I've been in sales for 20 years. I've been a sole entrepreneur for 19. And yeah, it's about finding that path. And I think you've described that so well, like you've just pivoted, you've changed, you've moved into your skill set, what lights you up. And it's so important to find that passion. And like finding that clarity over what you really want to do, it does take time. It takes, like you said, those failures and discoveries and changes and refinements. I definitely want to dive into that in a second, but I would love to talk about, um, I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you the question about, you talk about freedom-based businesses, and that's the way you like to help your clients to design their life, their business, and you know it's obviously all integrated. Can you explain what that means to you and why that, is something you're so passionate about. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that the passion kind of stems from this concept of like vision, sustainability, long-term. I'm the same as you. Like I, I have and see the long-term vision. And so when I work with clients, I don't want to enter into a container or an experience where we're just hustling for these short-term goals, metrics, sometimes vanity metrics, let's be real. We get so swept up in the online space. And in actuality, I'd much rather talk about what's the lifestyle that you want and how are we going to build a business that integrates into that? That's the only way that you are number one, going to be fulfilled and you're going to feel good and like at peace, but also number two, that's the only way that you're going to like stay in business. Right. And so I much rather talk about that, fit your business into it. I tend to work with a lot of women that are multi-passionate or are moms or love to travel. And I think that we can create businesses that cater to those different things that fit into those lifestyle elements. Um, because again, like to me, I'm not here to build a 365 day business with my clients. Like I want to build something that 
it's truly going to last. And I think that passion also stems from coming from a family of entrepreneurs. And I know that like, we have the power to build something that isn't just like funding our life month over month, but like things that actually affect our children, our families, our loved ones, our communities. And I feel so strongly like responsible to do that. And I think that we have to have these pieces woven in to cater to lifestyle in order to have that type of impact. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It sits with my complete, like my values that I bring into my business and my personal life as well, just simplicity, sustainability, you know, all of that along with excellence as well. And it's so important. You're going to crash and burn. You are absolutely going to give up if you can't build something that works for you. You're so right. Um, But on the strategic side, which you mentioned, like, can we talk about your key systems to help your clients scale? What are the nuts and bolts of actually scaling a legacy business, something that is going to grow and grow with that freedom-based kind of element in mind? Mm, yeah. And I think it all kind of starts with the way you design your infrastructure and your business model. Like, what are you offering? How does that cater to your skill sets? And are those offers like, a nice diverse like set of offers and ways in which you can powerfully serve people. And also that prioritizes the sustainability for you as well. If every single thing that you offer is only high touch one-on-one, that might be fine. You might love that for a time, but at some point, excuse me, every entrepreneur that I work with, they want to diversify their income streams, their revenue sources, and slowly detach their one-on-one time from what they're offering. And so I think it all starts there. That's something I cover with every single person I work with. We start with how you've designed your offers, how you've selected those. But then I think that it really comes to some of the simple things from there, catering to client experience. Like I truly believe that successful, lasting, growing companies like prioritize people and like serve people and are truly genuinely there to serve. And that might sound like the most simple thing, but I feel like it's so underrated and especially in the online space where things feel so fast paced and it's always about new and shiny. I think that prioritizing those human connections, the experiences that you're providing, the relationships that you're establishing, like that creates a ripple effect of growth for your business. And I think that it's one of the reasons why number one, I've been slower to grow because I've been slower to integrate new things, but that was strategic. That was intentional because I didn't want to add too much too soon and not be able to effectively serve. And I think that that's been one of the reasons why we have so many customers that have worked with us in every offer. And that's where you dive into things like, you know, the byproducts of client experience and those genuine connections. It's like retaining people. It's word of mouth marketing. It's all of these ripple effects that you create by strategically designing, but then also like caring about your people, you know? Um, So I think that's the second pillar. And the third pillar for like my more advanced gals out there would be the infrastructure from a systems perspective. Like how are we designing something to capture your entire business operation? So it doesn't exist in your head, but is actually like systematized. It exists somewhere. So as you grow a team, whether that's big or very intimate, you can effectively plug people into your, your business and they're set up for success to leverage their skill sets effectively and efficiently so those would be the top three things that kind of come to my mind I love it thank you so on that I was gonna ask you about team as well obviously at some point to scale you can't do everything 
So you do have to either put out the things you don't want to do or you have to outsource. What is your advice to people who are coming to you and they, you know, you've got a client, they're like, is it the right time? I'm not quite ready. What's my first hire? Where do you, what, what do you say to them? Mm, Yeah. So I think for me, I'm all about like strategically phasing things out. So first and foremost, what I probably do with them or encourage them to do is look at your finances. I want to know not just what you're bringing in this month, but I want to see a forecast for the next six to 12 months, a forecast that captures number one, what's possible, but number two, I want to see actual things that are lined up on your revenue tracker, because what we don't want to do is take on a responsibility too soon get you in a tough situation, you know, where you've brought someone in that can't last, it can't sustain, like that's the last thing we want to do. So let's make sure that you have the actual, you know, the revenue coming in to support that decision. And, and maybe you say, I want to have that lined up for three or six months, right? So you can do a trial run. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I, I always ask people um, to kind of like cast a bigger vision with me and then reverse engineer. So what I mean by that is like, what's the vision for your team? Is it, is it more of a lean team, which I'm like, honestly all for, I think people like overhype having huge teams, but a huge team comes with a huge expense sheet. And also a lot of times I feel like efficiency is dropped. Um, so that's just a side tangent there, but what do you want? Do you want to have like actual full-time employees? Do you envision just having contractors? Because for example, if your vision is to eventually have an employee that's working with you full-time, what I'd probably recommend is that we be strategic in the short term. And we start looking for someone that maybe they start with you as like, you know, part-time, maybe they start in a smaller capacity, but we communicate the vision in that the long-term goal is to have them come on as a full-time employee. If, if all goes well and they're able to bring value, so on and so forth, we want to start with that in mind, because what I see a lot is people outsource and they bring a lot of different people in, but they want employees long-term and that's kind of going against that agenda. So I would say, look at your revenue tracker, know what you want. If you want a longer term position filled, don't be afraid to find someone and ask if they can start at a smaller capacity with the plan and strategy to ramp them up over time. That's so great. That's such great advice. It's moving me on so well to the next thing I want to ask, which is like, that is a very kind of CEO level move. And I wondered if you have any other kind of advice or CEO actions that people right now need to be taking because we hear this all the time, don't we? And we, we, we need to be the person right now that we are going to become like right now we have to start acting, believing, having that mindset, adopting the strategy, the actions of the future multi six figure, seven figure coach we want to be. So have you got anything that you could add to everything you've just said about team hire on the actions that you feel are important for coaches to take right now day-to-day data the day-to-day nitty-gritty stuff that's going to get them to where they want to go man okay I'll riff (laughs) on a few things that come to mind but I also think it's so dependent on what your goals are and what you're building but I think a couple things that come to mind like if we want to actualize this long-term vision like you have to make the time to work on your business and 
I know we hear this all the time, you know, we're probably desensitized to it at this point. But what I see a lot is as people build their initial business, their client base, things are working, you get swept up in your business so much so to where you're just reacting to absolutely everything you're facilitating for clients, you're reacting to emails, like there's no proactive effort, initiative and action being taken to build the business that you want, because I'd be willing to bet that most people here, they want to build something that is scalable, that's going to last. And that probably, you know, includes more than maybe that one-on-one work. If not, that's also fine. But I think a lot of people I work with, that's something that they want. And in order to get there, we can't just continue to react to all of your existing clients. We have to create the space in your calendar where you're actually working on, okay, are you developing programs? Are you developing your systems, your infrastructure? Are you developing leaders on your team? We need to be thinking. I think that's the biggest thing, thinking longer term and then reverse engineering into your days so you can like, actually build what you want. And I think the team thing is huge. I think building out your business, not your clients' businesses, but your businesses, your your offers, your systems, like all of those things are going to be absolutely crucial. And I think the other thing that's less strategic, but I think huge is like stay in your lane and stay focused, like scroll social less, like consume less. And honestly, like do your thing, like create your thing. Don't watch other people so much. I think it's a huge distraction. I've absolutely fallen into that in my journey as well, but it distracts from what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be creating. And that's where comparison seeps in. Right. So I think the, the staying focused and having boundaries with your time is also huge. Yeah. I love all of that. I agree. And it is about really treating your business like a business. Like you said, we are so desensitized to these cliches, but if you really want to scale and grow, you really have to start treating this, you take it seriously. You know, this is not just you sitting behind your laptop or your phone at home, you know, on your kitchen table, you're building something potentially huge and that's exciting. And you mentioned a couple of the mindset pieces there, the comparison, the imposter syndrome, you know, all those things. Is there anything else you can add to that with that like long-term vision in mind? Mm, I think it's just so easy to get swept up in watching other people because so many of us are convinced that like we're missing something, like we're missing out, we're missing the tool, we're missing the latest thing. And how many new platforms and new strategies and new things come around all the time and everyone's hyping it up and you're like freaking out because you think you're missing all the things. But in actuality, like you are the magic, like you are the force, you are the answer, like the strategy, the tips and tools, I believe in them and I teach them. But those aren't the answers. Those are tools in your tool belt. Like you are like the solution and you leveraging your skill sets, you growing as a leader, like that's where the real magic is. And so I would encourage you to focus less on the achievements and like, I'm a, I'm a big goal getter and goal setter. So like, we need to have those as guideposts, but like, it's so much less about achieving those goals and those numbers and, you know, getting that car or that house. And it's so much more so about who you're becoming in the process. Like, are you investing in you, whether it's reading books or it's your like morning practice and ritual where like, that's your quiet time. Are you pouring into you? Are you prioritizing you becoming the best most powerful leader that you are, because that's really the game changer. It's not really the tactics. Yeah. We're all so unique as well. There's only one of us. There only ever will be one of us in the whole kind of span of time. 
And yeah, I just love that. Thank you. So I want to go back to what you said about because the failures that you've had, I think this is going to be really valuable. So some of the biggest failures or lessons that you've learned along your journey, these, this is the juicy stuff, Ashton. <laughs> I never want to know. Yes. And I have so many of these and I'm just so not afraid to share these. I'm like, if anyone wants to judge me, that's fine. But I think it's so empowering to like embrace your full story and also to see what others have experienced because there's always contact. So in 2019, you know, when we started this business, I was like gung ho. I was like committed. I'm like, this is it. I'm growing this. Like, this is going to be my profitable business that I'm envisioning. And I was willing to do whatever it took to make that happen. So I decided out the gate, I'm going to create this membership. I'm going to design an email funnel and I'm going to hire an ads specialist to help me get the word out. I really need leads. I need sales for this program. And so I invested over $20,000 in an ads expert. And keep in mind, like, this is my like infancy stage in business. Mm -hmm. Like I did not have that lined up on my revenue trackers. That's like problem one. Um, you know, sometimes you take a risk and you, you bank everything on it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, like it did not work at all. And I didn't make I kid you not a single dollar from that experience. So I lost $20,000 out the gate. And you talk about like guilt, shame, frustration, like blaming yourself for messing up so bad. I was also, also a newlywed as well. And so I had that added pressure of like, you know, finances and being newly married. And so it was a, a tough situation. You talk about days just laying on the couch, crying, sulking, wallowing. I was just so torn up about it. But when I look back at the experience, I always say that I wouldn't change it. And it was the thing that propelled me forward in my business, because one of the biggest errors that I made in that moment is I placed the responsibility of growing my business on someone else. And not even to mention, they weren't a part of my team. And that's no one else's responsibility other than my own. I was so afraid to put myself out there. I know that when it comes to generating leads and sales, that's a very, can feel vulnerable for new business owners. And so I put that responsibility on someone else instead of taking it on myself. And that's the biggest lesson I learned. After that, I made that money back and I started and established a profitable business in like six months, replaced my full-time income um, at the time. And I truly believe that it wasn't as much so about the strategies that I integrated, but it was really about that shift mm -hmm. and taking massive responsibility and ownership of running and growing my own business. Like that is my responsibility. I love it. Thank you for being so transparent as well. What did you do instead? So you ditched this ads manager. What did you do instead? Oh my goodness. You want to know? It's so simple and so crazy. I literally used Instagram and email and I started making human connections. Like I started actively every single day, like leveraging an outbound marketing strategy. Yeah. So instead of banking on my content, I just started like cultivating relationships and I wasn't going and like pitching people every day. I was just connecting, providing value. And when we would launch, I would invite people to the program and it changed everything. And we still do that today. Yeah. It's all about connection. It's all about connection. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ashton. That's been so, so, so good. So before we go, just tell everyone where is the best place to go and connect with you if they want to come and send you a DM. Yes, please. I would love it. So my website is myawakening.co. 
And we are My Awakening Co. on all platforms, Instagram, YouTube, all the things. We also have a podcast called the Legacy Creator Podcast if you want more chit-chat content. But I'd love to connect. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ashton. That's been absolutely just brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I know that was an incredible episode with Ashton. Go ahead and make sure you click on all the links in the show notes to connect with us both on Instagram. I know both of us are so happy for you to slide into our DMs and ask us absolutely anything about strategy, sales, messaging, all the things to help your business. And of course, I'd always appreciate a five-star review, you sharing this out with a friend that you know would love to listen to this podcast. And make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We have some more incredible guests coming up in 2024. So this is the final episode going out before Christmas. So I'm just gonna say happy holidays. I am wishing you so much fun, love and peace over Christmas. And I will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening.